Hi, and welcome to Rescuing Churches. If you love pastoral life, ministry, and church revitalization, this is a great place to join the discussion about why the local church matters, how we can help the ones that are in decline, and be an encouragement to their pastors along the way. We'll even get to hear stories from special guests about what God is doing in the church at large. This show is hosted by two guys who serve the local church and is for everyone within the local church. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go. Hey everybody, this is Stan Givens, the Executive Director of 614 Ministries, a ministry that's designed to encourage and rescue churches that are struggling, pastors that are discouraged. And I am excited to be here with you on our podcast called Rescuing Churches. My son, Joshua Givens, who is not a simple person, not simple-minded, not simple in thought, not simple at all. I love the way this episode is starting off. <laughs> yeah, right, right. This is uh, starting off so well for me. But who has a father, that'd be me, who is very simple-minded. Uh, we're going to talk today about simple. Painfully simple-minded. Yes. No. <laughs> pain, pain, yeah, very painfully simple-minded. I am a three-crayon person, man. You just give me three crayons and I'm good for life. He's happy. That's right. I'm a very happy kid that way. So very much a C student, very much country boy, and uh, simple is better for me. And what you're going to talk about today in the world of church communications, right. which is your whole world. That's my whole world. Uh, and he's really good at it, by the way. Uh, but what we're going to talk about today comes from his blog, the Josh uh, Givens blog, jdgivens.com. And uh, he's written a little article there that's going to be very helpful to you today. I'm hoping it's going to give some of you pastors that are trying to manage communication and pastoring all at the same time. God oh, bless yeah. God bless your efforts. Hope is going to give you a little bit of relief to say, let's get simple. Right. Let's keep things simple. Exactly. So um, there is there is a, a need for us as pastors to simplify some of our things in life. I know for years here at this very small church that I pastor for 22 years, um, I tend to overcomplicate a lot of stuff. Amen. So, <laughs> so, so we're going to learn today how to not overcomplicate That's your right. communications. And I'm going to let Josh tell you a little bit about what he's interested in talking about today, and then we're going to dive into these four really good ideas. Yeah, before I even got into this, uh, it was kind of interesting researching this a little bit. You talk about how we kind of have a desire or kind of an innate, you know, just it's almost natural for people to overcomplicate things. And Wait, you did research? Yeah, I actually did some research. Wow. I guess that's the journalist in wow. me, you know, maybe coming out a little bit. I feel, I feel impressed now. Maybe I overcomplicated my, my <laughs> yeah. simplified. I didn't know we were supposed to research these. I thought we were just winging stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just, we just good. wing everything. We do. That's awesome. That's awesome. I know uh, your journalism means you research every <laughs> little thing. The, so. It's, it's kind of weird because there's actually with, People in general, there's actually a, a, I mean, psychologists have had all kinds of terms for this over the years, but the one that I came across was something called complexity bias. And I mentioned it in the post and it's a psychological term that really at the core of it is it's when our brains and our emotions 
um, for one reason or another, you know, we, people start battling with their own insecurities and, you know, you might have like, you feel like you have some shortcomings in a particular area or something like that. And you just start making things that were never designed to be really complicated or complex, even more complicated and complex. Wow. You mean like a small church that has like 17 committees? Exactly. There's a, there's a, not, not that you would ever know anything about that. Plastic flower committee. There's a (laughs) ladies' Bible guild committee. There's a tablecloth committee. You mean like that? Kind of like that. Oh, I see. Which is why my next little paragraph drops right down and says, those of us who serve in ministry see this happen all the time. Right. Right. And I think that we get just really guilty of, and, and honestly, and, you know, maybe we could have a, theological debate over this, but I think a lot of times the complications that people in ministry inject into ministry, it's a perfect setup by the enemy right? because there are so many things that at the end of the day, I just think Jesus wanted us to and, and wants us to keep simple. And when we overcomplicate them, it inhibits what we're trying to do in the first right. place. Right. And it's like, it's never going to get done. The gospel is not going to get spread either at all or as well as it could have right. because we're too busy overcomplicating it. That's excellent. And I believe you're exactly right with that. I believe we struggle with that. Even as leaders, we we tend to overcomplicate our own leadership. And I was just thinking in my head, um, one of the things I'm beginning to try to help pastors, uh, middle-aged and younger pastors especially, but even older pastors do is – to not overcomplicate the requirements of somebody to help lead or teach or serve in your church. Big time. Um, you know, everybody's got flaws and nobody's going to be a, there's not a lot of Bible college kids dying to just come to your church and Absolutely. be your whole staff. So, you know, sometimes you just got to pick the guy that's available and really wants to help. Yep. And, you know, he may not be even good at reading. Yep. He literally may not have had, you know, a lot of literacy in his life, but you mm-hmm. can work through that. Um, you know, and he can become a really fine, fine support staff for your church. Just don't overcomplicate the requirements. Yeah, and and I'll agree with that on the flip side of what we're discussing today, which is church communications is pastors. For the tech stuff in your church, you don't have to have a guy or girl. Rocket scientist. Yep, you don't have to have a guy or girl who majored in computer science. You don't have to have a guy or girl who was a compu- uh, communications major like I was in college. If you have somebody who's willing to be trained and has a heart for it, that's, that's it. all you need right that's there. It. Yep, That's all you need. Sign them up and put them to work. Yep. And then train them as they go. Teach them as they go. Exactly. They need to be that's willing awesome. to learn. It's awesome. So so you have four very specific things that are I think are really good truths the, as pastors we need to understand about church comms. Number one, simplifying small church comms increases engagement. Complexity in your communications world repels it. Now, what are you talking about in your communication world here? In our communication world, specifically in church comms, encompasses a lot of different things. And we've talked about all, all of those things before, and I can drop some links into the show notes for all of that. So you're talking like digital and social media. Your Facebook Facebook page. page yeah, yeah, I'm a C student. Right. So Facebook, Facebook, website. Website, Instagram, Twitter, whatever your church has, right. all of the above. Your church might have more than that. Um, if you're a small church, that's probably where you're landing is right in that niche somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you want people to, it, it's obviously, if, if your church is on social media, then one of your main goals, just by the fact that you put your church there, is to have the people that are following your social media accounts interact with your account. And you want them to be leaving comments or encouraging each other with Bible verses back and forth and speaking truth and that kind of thing. And on your website, you're going to be wanting them to fill out things like your prayer, the prayer request form, if you happen to have one of those, um, kind of like our church does. And if you're, if you've got a YouTube channel where you're putting your pastor sermons, or if you've got a podcast platform where you're putting sermons, you want people to share that stuff. Um, but if you're a small church with a lot of digital platforms and you have a lot of stuff happening all at once, it's very likely that some of your people are going to feel a little overwhelmed by all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a lot happening all at once. Right. So you don't have to be everywhere. And I just want to make that really clear to some of the small church pastors out there who get overwhelmed by this stuff. You don't have to be in every single place at every single time. And I think some I think some pastors and even some small church comms leaders are under the false impression that they have to be because mm-hmm. that's what our that's what the bigger church culture and some of the other sure. church culture has driven us right. to think is, oh, you you got to be on every you need a YouTube channel yep. and yeah, all that. And you don't have to have all that. You don't have to have all that to be successful. So I say to a lot of the smaller church pastors, especially when we go in and assess things like this and, and stuff, you know, scale back where you can and don't clutter up your social media channels or platforms or your websites with unnecessary posts or content. You don't have to do all of that. And you know, people aren't going to want to sift through that stuff anyway. I right. know I don't. When I when I'm on another church's Facebook page, yeah. if it's got a ton of unnecessary content, it's like I'm just looking at the important stuff. Right. That's all I need is like, what are the announcements this week? Right. You know, what what was the pastor's sermon about? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of good stuff you can post for engagement, but you don't have to go crazy. And you'll know if you're the church comms guy or gal in your church, you're going to know the type of content that's going to connect with your congregation, your quote unquote audience on social media. That's the kind of content you want to be posting because then they'll engage with it. Right. That's good. That's good. So I'm assuming in our little church comms world here at our little church, uh, we're going to be doing some SEC football ragging on each other here shortly on our. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What team are you voting for? Yeah, so that's good, um, and I and I agree with that. I think simplifying that, taking some of that off of you as a pastor is going to help you big um, time. Big and time. and the one you the the one you pick to do, just do it with excellence and get it right exactly. Um, and worry about the rest later. If somebody comes along and wants to have have that, say yep. if you can help me do it, that's great. But I'm not going to add it to my plate. Right, and ninety percent of the time, and and a lot of the small church pastors that listen to our podcast regularly will know this. Um, if, if you're new and you're just listening to the show, you might not be aware of this, but you'll quickly find out when you tr- you know venture into the world of implementing digital and social media at your church, you're probably going to start out with Facebook. I mean, right. Facebook's just the most common thing you're going to start out with. You might, after that, if you get really brave, venture into the world of Instagram or something like right. that. Right. So we're really talking about number two here as yep. well in your notes. You don't have to be on every platform. Exactly. Right? But I want to go back and visit with that first thought of simplifying uh, your, 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 your comms work so you can increase engagement. Um, when you, when you think of simplifying, what, what are the engagement types you recommend? What are the, 
what what are the things that are sort of fluff or unnecessary that you see in some of these that you review versus the stuff that, hey, this is good content and it didn't take a long time? In other words, how can you help the pastors or the people running this simplify it? Simplification in that arena is going to look like post a... Post a Bible verse graphic that you can snag off of your Bible app. You version, yeah. You version right. off of you version. That's a great one. There's some other really good Bible apps out there, and there's some other good places to find Bible verse graphics. There's some free places that I can drop in the show notes, and let it be a Bible verse that relates to the sermon that you just preached the day before. Right. Post that and type one sentence about it, and let that sentence be a question, and ask everybody what they thought about it. Yeah. You know? And just say drop your comment, drop your comments or your thoughts in the comment thread below. Yeah, and you would recommend maybe doing that Sunday night or Monday. Yeah, sure. Yeah, then then if you have a Wednesday service, you got the same opportunity right exact there, exact same opportunity. Yeah, and you're good. You yeah. Plus, you're dropping in a few announcements. Exactly. And there's also some really good one and two sentence things that you can do here and there. Um, you know, and and I've seen these go over real big with you know our our crowd where people will actually not only like react and react to and share these that you can type out a one Facebook now has this feature where if the sentence that you type is short enough, it leaves the text big. Yeah, that's right. And if, if it starts getting too long, the text will shrink down small and it won't be as visible in the feed. But if you keep it really short, Mm -hmm. just short enough for Facebook, it'll stay big. And so if you type an encouraging sentence, that's short enough, like, um, you know, we're we're praying over your day today. Yeah. That's really short. And just put an exclamation point at the end. Mm-hmm. Somebody that might be having a really terrible day from your church may see that and just be encouraged by That's it. That's right. That's good. They might even text the pastor and say, hey, I, it was great that you posted that today. I'm having a rough day. I need you to pray for me. That's great. Yeah. Good, good, good example. So, and you can also wish people happy birthday. Sure. You can also do that. Just don't let it get out. Don't let it get out <laughs> don't of hand. Don't let it get out of hand. Yeah, so we had a little fun with that at our church. Some of our nuts at our church having fun with people who don't have birthdays getting lots and lots and lots of birthday wishes. Um, And then number three in our notes here is complex websites are not seeker-friendly. Yeah, this um, is something that, you know, you you mentioned a second ago reviewing, you know, digital media for other other churches and other ministries that, you know, we've been able to work with. And then just looking at some things online in general, other websites in general, you really want to simplify your website for the average user. And you want to think about the people that are interested in attending your church and start asking yourself questions. If I was going to visit my church and needed to find some basic information about it, would I even be able to do that on my trip? Would I be digging right. through multiple pages? You know, is the important information buried in several different menus yeah. and I can't even get to it. Right. And I've been on church websites where that's the case. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, to find the the address or the phone number or the Google Maps for where the church is, I had to go hop to here, to here, to here, to here, to here, just to get to it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, some of that sh- stuff should should just be down in the footer section. The address to your church should be down in the footer, which right. means it's actually going to be on every single page because your footer is universal across yeah, the page. Ma- master sheet. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
So you, you really want people to be able to locate that really basic information. Yeah, staff, that, that, staff pages, service times, all that stuff. Yeah, for you pastors that are thinking through that, that's that's how, you know, I, I even in our last staff meeting here at our church uh, with our volunteer staff, just recommended everybody put a fresh set of eyes on everything in our church that we do. You know, some of our little tables that are set on the side for, you know, to display information about some program or our church, Celebrate Recovery, or uh, the ministry of the church or whatever, you know, they've got old coffee cups on there. There's oh, yeah. the pencil holders long since been taken away. And, you know, there's just pens just randomly laid on there. They just don't look clean and nice. And it's, and we're used to it. We've passed it three times with that coffee cup there for two weeks. and wondering if that guy's ever going to get his coffee cup back. Exactly. But we've got to learn to have eyes on that. Well, the same thing applies to your website. You know, look at it with fresh eyes. Look for the very important information you're talking about. And then maybe even have a friend say, hey, will you pull up our website and tell me, can you find our church really easy? You know, can I highly recommend that. What, 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 do you, what stands out to you as the most important thing on this page? Or yep. what do you think we're trying to communicate here? Yep. What's your sense about us from reading this page for a minute? Yep. And, right. I, and I would also ask that person, if you're really going to get somebody to take a look at it with a fresh set of eyes, ask that person some other questions. Is there anything, even design-wise, that's in the way of you figuring out X, Y, and Z? Is there something I need to take off? Did I have to click too many times? Did I have to search too too hard for is, this? Is, is this picture too big? Is this logo too yeah. Yeah. ugly or in a weird place? Do I need to shift something around? Right. There's tons of elements and stuff that goes into this. So that's good. Ask somebody to to really give you some yeah. honest opinions yeah. about that. Um, Get another set of eyes on it, fresh eyes, yeah. and then t- pay, take yourself back to the. Let me just look at it for the first time again, kind of deal. Exactly, and we've said it multiple times, but I'm going to say it again. Your website is the front door of your church. Yeah. A lot of times, it's going to be your Facebook page, but a lot of times, it's your website. Either one has to be pretty clean, yep. pretty pretty impressive. I think. I think one of the stats we heard recently is you have four seconds to catch somebody's attention before they oh, yeah. swipe. The the swipe finger for all this next generation moves very fast. Very fast. And uh, they glance at it. If something doesn't grab them, they're done. Yeah. So you got- and, it's, and it's not just a grab. I'm also going to say, and whether it, you know you can think it's fair or not all day long, that generation has some high standards. Very. When it comes to how things look design wise and when it comes to how things come off professionally. Yeah. So. Yeah. If it's not if it's not done with excellence, they're done. Swipe. Yeah, they're out. Swipe. I'm out. It's good. All right. And the last one you have here on your blog, uh, most current blog, is simplifying small church comms allows for more and better ministry, whereas complex comms inhibits ministry. We've talked about this before that the comms page pages that you work whether it's your website or social media, they actually are a ministry of the church. Oh, they yeah. have a way to minister into the church. Very much so. So what do you mean by simplifying it allows for more and better ministry? I'll just give you a great example. Even from this morning, we're recording this podcast on a Sunday afternoon. So we're in our conference room here at our church at Northside Bible Church in Mobile. One of the things that we do in the church communications world, myself and silent partner Mike, um, who's running the knobs over there at Mission Control, is work in the live stream on our Facebook page. So when we're live streaming on Sunday mornings while you're preaching, Mm -hmm. 
we're I'm responding back and forth as the church account to the comments that are rolling in. And these are people that some of them are, it, it's actually really funny. I'll tell, I'll tattle tell on some of them, not by name, but some of them are in the building while they're commenting <laughs> on your sermon. Yeah, right. They're actually sitting down there watching you. That's just which freak, I just weird. Yeah. find hilarious. That's just weird. But the majority of them are people that are at home because they're sick. Mm-hmm. We've got, you know, some people that might be in the hospital. Sure. That kind of thing. Right. And they're happy just to be able to tune in, hear your sermon, mm-hmm. you know, say some amens. Hey, that was a great point. I love that. I love this. And that's a great ministry opportunity because we're, as the church account, you're able to reply back when someone says something about the sermon or when they drop a prayer request mm-hmm. in. Hey, I'm going through a hard time. You know, I love that, you know, Pastor Sand just mentioned this and it reminded me of blah, blah, blah. And you can reply back to that person and say, hey, so-and-so, we're going to be praying for you today. Keep that kind of stuff there, but keep it really simple. Don't right. overcomplicate your live stream with a ton of information in, in the thread right. so that you can keep responding to people. And ministry is happening right there because then when the church account responds, and I've had this happen several times. It even happened this morning. When the church account responds and says something like that, somebody else feels comfortable jumping in to say, hey, I'm praying for you too, so-and-so. Right. Right, And that person just feels really encouraged by that. It's like, wow, there's two or three people at the church that are praying for me now that I didn't even think were here or present. And because of the live stream, they're jumping in and talking to me. And your standard engagement, let's, let's use that setting for a moment. Your standard engagement while we're live streaming and you're just responding to anybody that may comment uh, through Facebook, your standard engagement is one sentence? Usually. Maybe two. Yep. One or two sentences. Keep never, it short. Never. Keep more. it brief. Yeah. yeah. You do not need to write a book. Yeah. You're not <laughs> yeah. sermon, you're not sermonizing over the pastor's sermon. Please do not do criticizing that. the pastor. I'm just nope. making sure because I'm I don't ever get to read these things and I just want to make sure. You're not criticizing the pastor going, I don't know why he said that. That's ridiculous. I don't know why in the world he's what wearing What is he talking about? Why is he wearing those colors on the stage? <laughs> That's right. What is he talking about? Does he even know what he's doing? You need to yank that outfit out of his closet. <laughs> But that's that's an excellent point that that you, you can minister through that venue and really at the same in your just regular weekly feeds of Facebook or Instagram, you're just trying to put ministry truth, put truths and encouragement and hope and help into that into that deal, and it can be simple. Very simple, and especially pastors for the ministry element of it and to see the engagement response and reaction to it, especially when you put it in question form. Mm -hmm. How has God X, Y, and Z for your day today? What are you learning in your quiet time X, Y, Z today? Relate it to your message if you want to. But when you start posing those open-ended questions, the how and the why type questions— You'll, you'll, you'll start seeing some engagement. Feedback. That's good. That's really good. Well, one of the things that um, I think you do an excellent job with, Josh, is keeping our church family up to date and engaged in our social media. And uh, we encourage our people to check in when they get to our church. Uh, we have a number of people that just know to check in when they get here on Facebook. On Facebook, yeah. So they're here. Use the check-in feature, which, which is great because... For any of you listening that just don't know what that does, when someone on their friends list sees that they've checked in at that location, if they don't go to church here, they're going, hey, my buddy so-and-so is at Northside Bible Church, you know, right. and they can click on that. It's a hyperlink and they'll yeah. go and it'll, it'll take them right to your church page. Right. Go, wow. Right. Well, I want, I want you guys to know pastors and many of you do this already, but 
some more of you may need to. If you want to reach out to Josh and get some advice or help, you want him to just review your page and help you with some things, he's willing to do that. So that's one of the things that 614 is built to do and one of the things that we we want to support churches in really easy. So. Absolutely. My biggest point with, with the whole thing was just remember, just keep in mind, Jesus didn't complicate his ministry. Nope. And neither should we. <laughs> right. I have a whole series of Jesus called Jesus Simple. That's right. Walk, talk, love, share. That's it. That's what he did. He kept it very, very simple. Exactly what he did. We and he took have, a bunch of uneducated fishermen, uneducated fishermen and taught them how to do that. Walk, talk, share, and love. Yep. That's what we do. Because we're good. We're good at messing things up. But if we keep it simple, we can get it right. It's excellent. It's excellent. All right. I'm going to let you wrap us out, Josh, and, and uh, tell them how to reach out to you if they need help. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Rescuing Churches. We hope you found all the content and dialogue helpful and inspiring as always. If you want to reach out to me for anything, you can email me at jdgivens86 at gmail.com. You can also email us at 614 at 614rebuild at gmail.com. You can check out my blog, the Josh Givens blog, Adventures in Church Communications at jdgivens.com. Really good stuff on there. Yep. You can email or contact me directly through that. So that will be all of the contact information you need. We'll drop all those links in the show notes. I'm Josh, that's Stan, silent partner Mike, and we'll catch you guys next time. You've been listening to Rescuing Churches, a discussion for the local church and its leaders. This show is brought to you by 614 Ministries. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 614Rebuild and visit us online at 614ministries.org. Also, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcast. Thanks for listening.